0: Welcome back to Dollar Dollar Bills, a way of life to build personal wealth and financial freedom. I wanted to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart, and it's actually a change that was passed in legislation. I think it was late last year, but it's, it's now starting to become in effect. So it's very exciting. It's very targeted towards kind of the everyday person and allowing them to, you know, both incentivize and increase their ability to save for retirement. And so what I want to do is really take this episode today to go through the changes that will be impacting you. And they're all really, really great changes. So I'll talk about them in in high level, but you know, as you guys dig into these, as they are applicable to you, think about how they will impact you personally in your life Think about how or or what you'll be seeing from your employer moving forward because of these impacts. And then obviously as you, you know, mentally and emotionally prepare for retirement, start thinking about how these changes will impact you kind of later in life. Maybe you're already at that point. But I want you guys to, to hear this and to understand what it all means because it's all really, really good stuff. And I'll go through these changes kind of step by step. So if you guys aren't aware it's what happened is there, there was the SECURE Act, which is the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act that was actually passed into law by Donald Trump back in December of 2019. That legislation altered existing retirement savings plan systems in terms of RMD, which is the Required Minimum Distribution, Contributions to Traditional IRAs, 529 plan, Uses for Student Loans. And then making annuities easier for 401k plan administrators to offer. So what they've rolled out with recently is the Secure Act 2.0, which basically expands on all of those provisions, including you know increasing the RMD age, which is really great, actually to 73 in 2022. So right now in 2023, you'll see that it's 73. I think I believe it was 72 previously. And then the goal is that in 2029, that'll be increased to 74. And then in 2032, that'll be increased to 75. So again, you may think, especially if you're young, why the hell do I care about required minimum distributions? Basically, the longer that you have to take those, the usually the better off you are. Required minimum distributions, and, and I'll get into it as I talk about some of these other changes really have to do with if you have a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k or a traditional 403b or any other kind of qualified retirement account that is traditional or pre-tax. And so basically what the government wants is all of that money was put into that account and accumulated in that account tax-free for many, many years, hopefully, if you started saving young. And the government wants that money back. They want you to pay the taxes on that money. So. In order to do that, they require by law that you pay a required minimum distribution per year based on your age. There's actually a calculation that determines what that number looks like, but that is used to determine how much you need to take out. So it's actually, you're better off if you get to delay that a bit because then you can kind of optimize and strategize what buckets of money you take out how because essentially what you wanna do is really be able to take out the minimum distribution required only because you will have tax implications if you hit a thir- certain threshold. So the, the least amount you can take out of your required minimum distribution because at retirement, you're probably also getting social security and potentially other forms of income that will be taxable. You want that number to be low so that your taxable your taxable income is low so that you guys are really optimizing from a a tax perspective. There's also other ways to benefit from that, at least in the the near term, and that's taking your traditional IRAs, your traditional 401Ks, rolling them into a traditional IRA, and then rolling those into a backdoor Roth IRA, which allows you, again, and and that's why increasing the age on required minimum distributions is great, because let's say you've retired, so your income is much lower than it was pre-retirement, you can do a backdoor Roth IRA with that money, take out the dedicated amount you want to take out. So maybe you just take out the amount of a standard deduction, roll that into an IRA every year or a Roth IRA every year. And so then you're able to effectively really limit the tax, the the, the taxable income that you have per year. And you're able to roll that into a Roth that then sits as a Roth. And then you can use it in whatever way you want further down the road and later on. So, not to berate that topic too much, but it's, it's exciting and that's kind of why I wanted to explain it because some of you might not care right now or know that you should care at some point in the future. So what I want to do again is go through, there's about nine changes that will impact you guys. So I'll go through them one by one and you know, kind of make it, put it in simple terms and something that I think will be relevant and applicable to you in your life. Today, again, all great changes. So from a financial money nerd perspective, it's like Christmas morning. It's great. So again, the first one I mentioned, we've already kind of dove into a bit on RMDs. And again, starting January 1st, 2023, the age in which the owner of the retirement account, again, these are traditional retirement accounts, pre-tax retirement accounts, should be taking or will be required to start taking RMDs is gonna move to 73. So that's starting January 1, 2023. So that's that's already in place now. And again, that is by April, I believe it's April 15th. By that April 15th after the year you turn 73. So take that into consideration. That could give you a couple of additional months to not take your RMD. So again, do the math based on when your birthday is in that calendar year of when you turn 73. Some caveats there. So if you've turned 72 in 2022 or earlier, you will need to continue taking RMDs as scheduled. So again, if you're already kind of at that point where you're taking RMDs and it's impacting your your retirement life right now as, as we speak, this is not going to apply to you. But for everybody else who is younger than that, this is applicable moving forward. Additionally, like I had mentioned previously, it actually pushes the, the required minimum distribution age limit in 2033 to 75. So again, I mentioned it before, it will also increase that number or increase that minimum threshold uh, in 2033 again to 75. So that's, that's great news for everybody. Also starting in 2023, so this year, the there's always been a very steep penalty on not taking your RMD. So, like I said, the government wants your money. They want to get they want their cut of you know what you've what you've made and put away and saved over the years. So that will actually decrease. So that penalty for not taking your RMDs when you're need to, when you're needing to take them and the amount you're needing to take will decrease to 25% of the RMD not taken from a previous 50%. So it basically cuts that in half, which is nice. Also, the penalty will be reduced to 10% for IRA owners if the account owner withdraws the RMD amount previously not taken and submits a corrected tax return in a timely fashion. So basically, if you forgot or you didn't know how much you were supposed to take out or you took out the wrong amount and you correct it, then it's only a 10% penalty there. Okay, so that's kind of the first one. Number two, higher catch-up contributions. So starting January 1st, 2025, individuals ages 60 through 63 years old will be able to make catch-up contributions up to $10,000 annually to a workplace plan, and that amount will be indexed to inflation. Just for reference, the catch-up amount for people age 50 and older in 2023 is currently 7,500. Of course, there's caveats to everything. The caveat here is if you earn more than $145,000 in the prior calendar year, all catch-up contributions at age 50 or older will need to be made to a Roth account in after-tax dollars. Individuals earning $145,000 or less adjusted for inflation going forward will be exempt from the Roth requirement. IRAs, so moving into IRAs specifically, currently have a $1,000 catch-up contribution limit for people age 50 and older. Starting in 2024, that limit will be indexed to inflation Meaning it could increase every year based on federally determined cost of living increases. So that's huge. So that basically, that ketchup contribution will grow with the growth of inflation. Third, employer match. Okay. Employers will be able to provide employees the option of receiving vested matching contributions to a Roth account. But this will probably take time, of course, for all corporations all entities to actually implement this. But if you're not aware, and you may not be aware, what happens when you choose to invest into a Roth 401k through your employer? Everything the employer contributes is always pre-tax. So even if you're contributing to a Roth, they're not. Well, this change actually gives the employers and actually the employees the option if they want their employer to contribute to their account in a Roth form rather than a pre-tax form that is huge that just automatically adds to that Roth bucket if that's the bucket that you're wanting to strategically put your money into i love Roth personally i think there's strategies for you know for having both Roth and and you know pre-tax or traditional But that's great to be able to have that option. We had not previously had that option. So that will now change with the the Secure Act 2.0. Number four, qualified charitable distributions. So beginning in 2023, this year, people who are age 70 and a half and older may elect as part of their QCD, qualified charitable distribution limit, a one-time gift up to $50,000 adjusted annually for, for inflation, to a charitable remainder unit trust, a charitable remainder annuity trust, or a charitable gift annuity. This is an expansion of the type of charity or charities that can receive a QCD. This amount counts towards the annual RMD if applicable. Note, for gifts to count, they must come directly from your IRA by the end of the calendar year. QCDs cannot be made to all charities. So this is applicable maybe not to to everybody, but it is a nice way if you are wanting to give and you're wanting to provide to um, a charitable cause, it's a nice way to be able to do that and it gives you some, some nice flexibility there. Number five, other changes for annuities. So Qualified Longevity Annuity Contracts, QLACs, are getting a boost. So QLACs are Deferred Income Annuities, Purchase with retirement funds typically held in an IRA or 401k that begin payments on or before age 85. The dollar limitation for premiums increases to 200000 from 145000 starting in January of 2023. The law also eliminates a previous requirement that limited premiums to 25% of an individual's retirement account balance. Again, may not be applicable to all of you guys, uh, but it is something that is changing in this, in this legislation. Number six, automatic enrollment and automatic plan portability. I love this one personally. I love the next few actually. The legislation requires businesses adopting new 401k and 403b plans to automatically enroll eligible employees starting at a contribution rate of at least 3% starting in 2025. It also permits retirement plan service providers to offer plan sponsors automatic portability services, transferring an employee's low-balance retirement accounts to a new plan when they change jobs. The change could be especially useful for lower-balance savers who typically cash out their retirement plans when they leave jobs rather than continue saving in another eligible retirement plan. I also read somewhere else and I'm not sure if it's 100% true. I need to, I need to do more investigation that they will also be increasing. Not only will they start you off at a minimum of 3% of your salary, but they'll also be increasing that by 1% each year until it reaches uh, 10%. So that would also be an automated change to your retirement account that would kind of force you to save more every year. And I think It is beautiful. I did it myself and I set it up myself when I had the ability to do it years ago in one of my employer accounts. And I'm so happy I did it. That's half the reason, maybe not half the reason, part of the reason that I have the money that I have today is because I kind of mindlessly increased that every year. I didn't even have to look at it. didn't even have to touch it. It just happened. So if that's the case in this in this legislation that would be great too if it automatically did it for for employ if employers automatically did it for employees number 7 emergency savings so defined contribution re- retirement plans would be able to add an emergency savings account that is designated roth account eligible to accept participant contributions for non-highly compensated employees starting in 2024. Contributions will be limited to 2,500 annually or lower as said by the employer, and the first four withdrawals in a year would be tax and penalty free. Depending on the plan rules, contributions may be eligible for an employer match. In addition to giving participants penalty free access to funds, an emergency savings fund could encourage plan participants to save for short-term and unexpected expenses. So basically what this is saying is in addition to or kind of kind of lumped with your 401k plan or employer sponsored qualified retirement plan, they would create this kind of cash account component that could force employees to start saving into a what they're considering a Roth designation with which if you've heard any of my podcasts on Roth Ross can, and I wouldn't say should, but can be used as a, another bucket of savings if needed. So that would kind of act in that way for people. And again, kind of force, maybe, maybe not force, but make it easier for people to start you know, their own emergency savings account a little bit more in an, an incentivized manner in a single place by the employer and that would be even better if they somehow matched that, that would be cool. But that's that's number seven on our list of changes. Number eight, student loan debt. Starting in 2024, employers will be able to match employee student loan payments with matching payments to a retirement account, giving workers an extra incentive to save while paying off educational loans. That is huge, That that's absolutely massive. Basically what they're saying is, Let's say you have to choose between paying off your student loans or or putting money in retirement because you may not have the ability to do both at the same time. Then the employer will, will basically incentivize you to continue paying your student loans by matching what you're paying on your student loans towards a retirement account for you. That's huge. As you guys probably no in most cases, if not 100% of cases, I haven't seen one where it's not the case. You have to contribute in order to get any kind of employer match and you have to contribute that amount. So if you're contributing 1% of your income to a 401k, they're only contributing 1% even though they could contribute up to 6%. So that would be huge if they're not even forcing you to contribute and they will contribute on your behalf into a retirement account as you're making student loan payments. The last one I wanted to talk about is 529 plans. So after 15 years, 529 plan assets can be rolled over to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary, subject to annual Roth contribution limits in an aggregate lifetime limit of $35,000. Rollovers cannot exceed the aggregate before the five-year period ending on the date of the distribution. The rollover is treated as a contribution towards the annual Roth IRA contribution amount. So this statement and things that I have seen recently on five twenty nines have really they they start to kind of re incentivize that as a good investment for kids for college, even if you know if you're saving for maybe not your children but a relatives' kids or maybe even like yourself for college, because this basically allows you up to a certain amount to roll that. Roll that number. Let's say you're not going to college or your kids end up not going to college and there is that always that risk, especially with how much college is. The reduction of requirement by employers for college degrees and the level of college degrees these days, you know, maybe they decide they don't want to go to college. Being able to roll that into a qualified retirement plan is huge. That's a huge benefit, a huge perk here. So um, something that I think you guys need to all take note on especially when you start to dive into 529 plans and decide if it's something worth your your time and investment. Me personally, I think I'm going to start a 529 plan and I had never planned to do that, but I'll probably limit what I contribute up to that $35,000. So I have something in there, but you know, it, it also limits my risk in terms of if my kids don't want to go to college or if college doesn't end up being that expensive because We have, you know, that they've taken a different path, um, so on and so forth. So anyways, I think it's a great addition to that already kind of good option for those who want to save for college and, you know, make sure they have enough from a lump sum standpoint to do that. Okay, guys, so that was a lot, but I I just wanted to let you know of some of these changes that are are now in effect. A lot of them are now in effect. Some of them will take a year or two to become in, in effect. And also keep an eye out from your employers. It'll probably take some time for them to adjust and to change some of these things from a large sweeping standpoint. So be on the lookout, be mindful of these changes. I want you to be aware of them and understand what it means for you. But for the most part, it's all really good stuff. It's all really positively incentivized to allow you to behave in a way where you can really start funding for retirement. And I think that's because you know our government is finally seeing that people are not saving enough, and you know with inflation, recent inflation, recent increases in interest rates, and just the general behavior of the overall public, it's it's seen as a crisis. Companies aren't supporting as much as they as they were with pensions, and we need to take ownership of that. And so I think this is going to help incentivize us, aka the employees, to take that ownership. So. Keep it in mind, do some of your own research too, but I wanted to touch on the subject because it's very exciting stuff and it's all still fairly new. So that's all I have today. As always, remember to respect yourself by respecting your money and we'll talk soon.